So when I was uh, seeking God about uh, what to share this morning, um, you know, God put this, this phrase, and when I was thinking about it, God put this phrase into my heart. Uh, and if you've been around church for a while, you've probably heard it kind of many times before. Uh, but it's this. It's that, that Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Uh, and really, regardless of whether you've kind of uh, been a Christian for a long time or whether you're kind of quite new to the whole kind of thing about faith, you know, this kind of is quite a strange thing uh, for Jesus to say. Um, you know, how can a person kind of be the way? How can a person be the truth? How can a person be the life? Uh, so this morning, um, I just felt that God kind of was just sort of prompting me um, to talk about this. And in particular, the bit that I want to focus on is the fact that Jesus said that he is the way. Um, because I really believe that there are people here this morning that have got life decisions to make, decisions uh, about where they want to go, about what they want to do. Uh, and I really believe that God wants to speak into that this morning. Um, so really, we're going to look at kind of what Jesus meant when he was said, I am the way, uh, and then also kind of how that applies to us uh, as we kind of seek to, to live our lives today. Uh, because I know for me, uh, one of the biggest challenges I have um, as a Christian is kind of knowing what God's will is. Um, you know, you, you kind of come to a point where you've got a decision to make and you kind of, you've got different things that are pulling you in different directions, you've got different voices telling you things that you could do or things to think about. Um, so really kind of knowing what God's will is uh, and knowing how he leads us in his way um, is kind of really important. I mean, I know like some of the guys here have kind of had job interviews or kind of are thinking about kind of switching jobs or kind of got decisions to make for their kids or kind of relationships. And I really believe that God wants to, to speak into that this morning. Uh, and, you know, this statement where Jesus says, I am the way, the truth and the life, uh, it's just so important. Um, and it kind of really helps us to kind of really try and work out and discern what God's will is for us. Uh, and kind of helps us take those next steps, kind of using the faith that God gives us. Uh, so let's kind of look into the passage where Jesus says this. So it's in John chapter 14. So I'm going to read from verse 1 uh, to verse 17. So it says, uh, Jesus said, Don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. There is more than enough room in my father's home. If it were not so, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? When everything is ready, I will come and get you, so that you will always be with me wherever I am. And you will know the way to where I'm going. No, we don't know, Lord, Thomas said. We have no idea where you are going, so how can we know the way? But Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. 
If you had really known me, you would know who my father is. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. And Philip said, Lord, show us the father and we will be satisfied. And Jesus replied, have I been with you all this time, Philip? And yet you still don't know who I am. Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. So why are you asking me to show him to you? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words I speak are not my own, but the Father who lives in me does his work through me. Just believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Or at least believe because you have seen the work I have done. I tell you the truth, anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done, and even greater works, because I am going to be with the Father. You can ask for anything in my name, and I will do it, so that the Son can bring glory to the Father. Yes, ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. If you love me, obey my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads you in all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognise him. But you know me because he lives within you, both now and later will be in you. And so just to kind of put this passage into a bit of context, um, so this is Jesus talking to his closest friends, you know, the people that have been with him probably kind of most of his life, and particularly his last kind of three years when he was kind of ministering around. These are his disciples, his closest friends. Uh, and this is kind of his final instructions, his final words before he's taken off to be crucified. Um, and so really he's kind of leaving them uh, with this really important uh, truth. Um, and just in the kind of, in chapter 13, just before this bit, kind of Jesus has told them he's going to be, be uh, crucified, he's going to be betrayed. Uh, and Peter, you know, like good, good old Peter, um, was saying, no, you know, we'll die with you, you know, we'll be there. And Jesus says, no, 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 you're all going to run away. Uh, you're going to deny me three times that you even know me. Uh, and so actually, it's kind of really encouraging when we look at verse 1 of chapter 14, and it says, don't let your hearts be troubled. You know, kind of Jesus understands our weakness. Uh, Jesus understands that kind of sometimes, even though we have the best intentions, um, we kind of want to do the right thing, kind of sometimes kind of we get scared and we run away. Uh, and Jesus kind of appreciates that. Um, and, you know, Jesus gets that we don't always understand his plans or his purposes in our life. You know, the disciples, they didn't really understand why Jesus was going to die. They, they didn't get the bigger picture that he was going to die and, and rise again uh, and kind of by doing that would kind of make a way for us. Uh, they just didn't see it. Uh, but that's the, the thing about Jesus, is that he does see the bigger picture. Uh, and he, he appreciates that kind of we don't necessarily always get it. Um, 
and you know, the disciples are quite down to earth about it. I mean, I just kind of love this bit uh, where Thomas says in verse 5, you know, we have no idea where you're going, so how can we know the way? Uh, and I think we can be like that so often in our lives where kind of God kind of might tell us to do something or might nudge us um, and we just have no idea. We, we sort of think, God, where's this all going? Why are you asking me to do this? Um, but that's where Jesus kind of brings in this kind of really groundbreaking kind of truth where he says in verse 6, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. And really, that was the whole purpose of Jesus' coming. You know, we're, um, we're just, I hate to say it now because it's nice and sunny, but, you know, we're, we're coming up to that point of the year where we, we're starting to think about Christmas. Um, <laughs> got to whisper it quietly. Um, and that was the whole, the whole, pur- the whole purpose of, of Christmas, is that we celebrate that Jesus came down as a human baby. He came down as a, as a person. Uh, and the whole reason why he did that was to make a way for us. Because before Jesus came, before he died, before he rose again, there was a separation of God and us. Uh, and there was no way for us to get into heaven. There was no way to deal with sin you know we would mess up and under the old way there was kind of a halfway house where the kind of sin could be covered up Uh, but by Jesus coming he made a way uh, from earth to heaven Uh, and that's what he's talking about here he says I am the way so I am the way to heaven I am the way to the father Um, and I hope you kind of forgive this analogy um, but I think there's the best one I could think of. Uh, you know, kind of Jesus says, no one can come to the Father except through me. And it's kind of a bit like a nightclub bouncer, you know. Um, so I don't know if uh, any, any of you have been to a nightclub. If not, you can just imagine it based on kind of films or TV shows. Um, but just imagine, there's this great party going on upstairs. You know, you can hear the music. You can see all these people kind of having fun. Um, but if you're outside, uh, there's only one way to get in, uh, and that's kind of, uh, you've got to kind of, the bouncer on the door has got to let you in. Uh, and, you know, Jesus, in a strange kind of way, is like that bouncer. We, we can't get into the party, we can't get into heaven unless we know the, the person on the door. Uh, and, you know, elsewhere, Jesus describes himself as the gate you know in in John chapter 10 Jesus says I am the gate Um, he is the only entrance point into heaven Uh, but the great thing about Jesus is that he's not not some like big burly bouncer who just wants to chuck people out for no good reason Uh, Jesus wants all of us to come into that great feast that great party that's in heaven you know, he's encouraging people. He's on the door encouraging people to come in. Uh, and he wants you to come in. He wants you um, to, to be part of that. Uh, you know, he, he's a gate, but it's not a locked gate. It's not a gate that you have to kind of work out the combination to get in. All we've got to do is just push that door, push that gate, uh, and we can go in. Um, 
And that's the thing. If 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 you know if you know Jesus, if you if you know the owner of of the club, if you know the owner of the the host of the party, of course he's going to let you in. Of course he wants you to come in. and that's what Jesus is, is talking about here when he says, I am the way. No one can come to the Father except through me. And even, so even then, the, the disciples didn't, like Philip here, doesn't even get it. He says, Lord, show us the Father and we will be satisfied. Um, And what Jesus is looking for, um, so I'll go on to talk about that bit in a bit more detail in a minute, of what Jesus is looking for are people that will follow him. So Jesus has made the way, and he will lead us in that way. And what he's looking for are just people that will trust him. Like it says in verse 1, trust in God and trust in me and follow. You know, the disciples, they were called... The disciples were reason because they were just following Jesus. Wherever Jesus went, the disciples followed. And again, they didn't really necessarily always know where they were going, but they just trusted God, they trusted Jesus, and they followed. Um, you know, I think there's that kind of phrase, isn't there, that says kind of life uh, is a journey, it's not a destination. Uh, I think Tim mentioned it last week uh, at MLG. Um, but the thing is about Jesus is that he is kind of both the, the journey and the destination because ultimately we'll be with him in heaven uh, but also he offers us a life uh, as we live and as we journey on kind of now uh, and really that's what God's asking us to do. He's saying will you be a follower of, of Jesus? Will you be a follower of me? Will you listen to my voice? Will you respond when I ask you to do something, will you be obedient? Um, will you just follow? Um, so, you know, what, what is Jesus the way to? And what can we expect uh, as we seek to walk with him, as we seek to follow? Um, so I'm just going to go through now and just talk about just kind of different aspects about what Jesus is the way to. Uh, so the first one... Um, is here um, in this passage where it says, Jesus is the way to the Father. And, you know, that was one of the great mysteries, uh, one of the great, kind of, the, probably the two biggest questions that Jesus had when he was here on the earth were, who are you and why are you here? Um, and that was the great mystery, is that Jesus wasn't just an ordinary person. He wasn't just a man that kind of went around and was nice to people or kind of did some miracles. He was God in human form. He was God with us. He was God Emmanuel. Um, and he was, he'd come to reveal the Father to just normal people, to show what God's presence was like on the earth. Um, but the thing is, most people missed it. Like, I, mean, I don't know how many thousands of people Jesus would have met or spoken to when he was on the earth, but probably there was just a handful of people that actually recognised him 
uh, as God. You know, there's that great moment, uh, one of the sort of high points of Jesus' life when he's on the mountain and he's kind of transfigured and he sees Moses and Elijah. And, you know, and the penny drops for Peter. He says, Jesus, you are the Messiah, you are the Christ. But, you know, so many people missed it. You know, the Pharisees, they missed it. You know, like, most of the disciples kind of ran away. They didn't really get this kind of fundamental truth that Jesus and God are the same. You know, Jesus was the human representation of God on the earth. Uh, And I think that's the same for us. You know, I think, think, yeah, Simon was saying uh, this morning that, you know, sometimes... God is right in front of us. You know, God is working in our lives, but we can just miss it. You know, like Simon was saying, that there's that treasure. And we can look kind of in all these far-out places where actually the treasure is right in front of us. It's, it's kind of beneath our feet. Um, we've just kind of got to open our eyes to see it. Um, and, you know, God wants to bring us into a place uh, of new life. Um, and that's the kind of next part of it, is that he's the way to the Father, and the way to the Father is to life. Um, you know, he offers us uh, an eternal life. Um, he offers us that, uh, that way, that, first of all, that way to heaven, uh, where we'll know and we'll be kind of living with Jesus for eternity. Um, but also he offers us kind of a life now Um, and he offers us the spirit I mean that's what it sort of talks about further down in this passage where it says God um, you know I will not leave you alone I will leave with you another helper who will lead you in all truth Um, and he's not just kind of a I don't know, just like a, a sort of fairy that kind of comes and pops up when we're kind of feeling a bit down. Um, the Holy Spirit comes to live within us. You know, God uh, cannot kind of be contained by building. It says, like Miriam shared, that the whole earth is, is the Lord's. You know, God is in everything. You know, he cannot be contained by a building or a church or a temple. Uh, but actually, God wants to come and live within us. Uh, and it, again, it might sound strange to say it's not kind of some kind of weird, possessed experience. Um, but I think those of us that have experienced it can testify um, that God, you know, it brings kind of this great kind of warmth and this love and this joy uh, and this peace within us when we know that God himself is living and kind of dwelling within us. Um, and that really kind of helps us as kind of we, we come to decisions, uh, come to points of our life where we're not quite sure where to turn, we're not quite sure kind of where to go. Um, but Jesus, uh, and by the Holy Spirit, comes to live within us, to lead us and to guide us into all truth. Um, and you know, it says in John chapter 10 that kind of, Jesus wants to, to give us life and give it to the full. Um, and that is the thing, when we have Jesus within us, that's when we really experience that fullness of God, uh, 
within us and that kind of bubbling up of life uh, within. Um, but also, kind of, Jesus is the way to life, uh, but he's also the way to death. Um, because to bring us into that place of life, of, into new, a new birth, a new beginning, we have to go through that place of dying. Uh, and I kind of put this little sign up here that's like this kind of way out sign, because I think often kind of we don't, the thought of dying isn't very appealing, is it? We just kind of want to run in the other direction. Um, but if we want the new life that God has for us, if we want the the kind of that great new new birth experience then we've kind of got to let go of the old life we've got to kind of leave behind the kind of old habits to leave behind uh, the free the uh, the old sin that can kind of quite easily just kind of choke us or, or trip us up um, in order that we can be free uh, to live um, in the new life that God wants for us. Uh, and I think that's the same when we kind of first become a Christian. Um, but also I think it can also apply even for people that have been a Christian for a long time in that there might be kind of old things that kind of keep cropping up like weeds that just want to choke us and that want to suffocate uh, what God's doing, that want to kind of prevent us from living a life that is fruitful uh, and I think that was one of the things that kind of God really spoke to me and one of the themes I think of MLG was um, that you know sometimes if you want to see God move if we want to see God do new things you know we've got to be prepared to fall into the ground and die uh, there's that passage that says unless a, a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies uh, really the, a grain of wheat on its own doesn't really do anything but it's when it goes into the ground when it dies that then kind of the, the, the roots go down then that's when things start to grow that's when fruitfulness starts to come is when we are prepared to die uh, when we're prepared to kind of go the way uh, of death um, and yeah, I mean, I think there might be things, you know, even as that God wants to do in our life to just say, okay, it might not be kind of something really bad, but actually maybe kind of God is asking you to kind of sacrifice something, to kind of give something up, to prepared, you know, to prepare, be prepared to go that second mile. You know, sometimes, you know, we can sort of think... Um, that kind of we're a good Christian, we'll go, if someone asks us for help, we'll go the kind of first mile, um, you know, we'll, we'll do the right thing. But actually, God wants us to kind of die to ourselves and to be prepared to go that extra mile, even when it costs us something. Um, and, you know, I think that's really what God is looking for people that are prepared to give him everything. Uh, and that is hard, it's a hard thing, you know, it's, it's not naturally quite appealing. Um, but, you know, in Mark chapter 8, it says, whoever seeks to save his life uh, will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, for the sake of the gospel, then you will save it. 
Um, and it's challenging, um, but let's be people that kind of seek to glorify God, that seek to kind of really give all that we can to God and just trust him uh, for the results. Uh, trust him to do his work. And, you know, that's, that's the thing. Jesus is the way, uh, but often uh, it's the way to trouble. Um, again, you can't really see it in the picture here, but they're kind of, that's a big storm cloud uh, with lots of kind of uh, lightning about to kind of rain down. Um, you know, I think often we can have this view that when we're in the will of God, you know, life will just be easy. Um, you know, we sort of have like nice passages like Psalm 23 where it sort of talks about kind of taking a, a, a walk in a kind of pleasant, pleasant land with sort of a nice stream. You know, we've just, I've just come back from Devon, you know, went out on a few nice walks in the woods and kind of next to a stream and it's all very pleasant. Um, and I think we can often feel like that in our Christian life, is that if God's with us, if, if we're doing what God wants us to do, you know, life's just going to be a walk in the park. Uh, life's just going to be a nice stroll. Um, whereas actually the reality of that is that often God will lead us in the way of trouble. Um, I've been kind of reading through the life of um, David recently, and I came across this passage uh, in 1 Samuel chapter 23. Uh, which I'd just like to read out to you. So it's 1 Samuel chapter 23, uh, verses 1 to 14. And it says, One day news came to David that the Philistines were at Kelia, stealing grain from the, the threshing floors. So David asked the Lord, Should I go and attack them? Yes, go and save Kelia, the Lord told him. But David's men said, We're afraid, even here in Judah. We certainly don't want to go to Kelia to fight the whole Philistine army. So David asked the Lord again. And again the Lord replied, Go down to Kelia, for I will help you conquer the Philistines. So David and his men went to Kelia. They, sla they slaughtered the Philistines and took all their livestock and rescued the people. Now when Abithar, son of Amalek, fled to David at Kelia, he brought the ethod with him. Saul soon learned that David was at Kelia. Good, he exclaimed. Now we've got him. God has handed him over to us, for he has trapped himself into a walled town. So David mobilized his entire army to march to Kelia to besiege David and his men. But David learned of Saul's plan and told Abithar the priest to bring the ephod and asked the Lord what he should do. Then David prayed, O Lord God of Israel, I have heard that Saul is planning to come and destroy Kelia because I am here. Will the elders betray me to him? And will Saul actually come as I have heard? O Lord, please tell me. And the Lord said, He will come. And David asked him, Will the leaders betray me and my men to Saul? And the Lord replied, Yes, they will. So David and his men, uh, about 600 of them, uh, began roaming in the countryside uh, and, word, and word soon reached Saul that David had escaped so he didn't go after all. And again, this kind of might sound like a kind of strange story, 
But kind of the whole background to this um, is that David is on the run. You know, David is kind of, most people know like David and Goliath. Um, and most people might have heard that kind of David eventually becomes king. But there's this whole period in between uh, where David has been anointed uh, as the, the kind of future king. Um, and that's what God, God's will is for him. Uh, but he has this whole period where, for basically many years, he's just basically running away from Saul, who wants to kill him uh, for no reason. Uh, and he's just in the wilderness. And there's this whole passage here um, where basically David is seeking God to say, well, should I go to this place? Should I help these people that are being attacked? Uh, and God says, yes, go and help them. And kind of David's men are like, really? Uh, are you sure? You know, that's kind of just going to get us into more and more trouble. Um, but God kind of says, go anyway. Uh, and then, so they kind of go there, they kind of help the people and they, help, they win. Uh, and then basically Saul comes along and uh, is going to create more trouble for, for David. And I don't know, it just sort of spoke to me of that sense that sometimes we can be doing exactly what God wants us to do. You know, David was obedient to what the Lord was telling him to do. But kind of all the bad things that kind of they were expecting to happen, you know, David's men kind of probably knew what was going to happen. They knew they were going to get into a scrape. Um, but, you know, David did anyway. You know, it could have been quite easy for David to just say, actually, you know, we're just going to stay in our little cave in the wilderness. Um, we're just going to stay in the kind of safe place. Um, but actually, he was obedient to what God was talking, telling him to do. Uh, and so he went anyway, even though it ended up kind of causing him lots of difficulty. Um, but actually, kind of God was with him. Uh, it says kind of later on that kind of God didn't let Saul find him. Uh, and that's the kind of the promise that God gives us, is that when we're obedient to him, kind of even if everything goes wrong, even if kind of we do end up getting into trouble, God will protect us. God, and God is using it to develop us. God is using it to kind of lead us and to kind of develop our character. He's using it to kind of lead us into the thing that he has for us. You know, I'm sure all of this experience helped David so much when he was king, you know, when he kind of finally um, was kind of able to do the thing that God had really called him to do. Um, and so I think it's the same for us. Um, that, you know, God might ask us to do things um, that get us into trouble, you know, that are difficult. Um, you know, kind of the world is not always going to agree with us. Um, you know, I've been reading in 1 Peter uh, recently, and 1 Peter is all about kind of the early church facing persecution um, and really being, uh, getting into trouble because of what they believe in, because they're being faithful uh, to what God uh, had given them. Uh, and it might be the same for us, you know, that as we seek to follow God and do his will, kind of things might not work out. We might kind of lose money. We might... Um, kind of get into trouble we might upset people um, but actually kind of if kind of God if that's what God wants us to do then we should just be faithful to that and just trust him that he will lead us and he will protect us and you know he will use it for his glory um, and 
kind of the thing is that the, the way that, that God calls us to, the, the life that he calls us to, is a way of adventure. Um, you know, I've got this picture here, which is like a crossroads uh, in the woods. And, you know, there's two paths, and you, know, you can go down one or you can go down the other. Uh, and maybe you feel like kind of you're at that place in your life where, you know, you, might, you could go down this route and it goes this way, or you could go down that route and it goes that way. You know, how do you kind of decide... Um, and I think the thing that God was encouraging me with is that, you know, sometimes his will, his, God's will for us is black and white, and it is kind of, yes, kind of, you should do that or you shouldn't do that. Um, and there are definitely certain things that God wants us to do or kind of doesn't want us to do. But actually, a lot of the time, particularly when we do come to decisions about kind of jobs um, or sort of family things, um, that actually kind of in a way God just wants us to adventure and in some ways it doesn't matter whether we go to the left or to the right uh, the key thing is that we are following God um, and that we are listening to his voice that we are seeking to just follow him just to be a kind of straightforward follower of Jesus wherever he goes uh, and actually kind of Jesus will go before us and he'll be behind us kind of protecting us and getting our back um, you know he is a good shepherd um, and his way is perfect you know even if we can't necessarily we don't always get what his bigger picture is for us if we don't always get what his will is uh, what his kind of bigger plan is for us we can be confident that we have a God that we can trust you know that he will lead us in the way that he wants us to go and that he will even if we do kind of take a slight wrong turn you know God is faithful to kind of bring us back uh, into his will if we we're kind of willing to kind of have a soft heart and be humble uh, and to keep kind of seeking him and to seek being obedient um, and just as kind of as a bit of a response um, I just thought I would just kind of put these questions up uh, just because I say, I think I really believe that God kind of wants to speak to people this morning uh, and that people have got decisions to make and they're kind of seeking God about which way to go. And I just believe that God wants to encourage you and wants to give you something this morning. Um, so, you know, will you be a follower of Jesus? Will you be obedient to his voice? Will you just be uh, like those disciples, just willing to go with Jesus, even if you don't quite understand uh, what's going on you know are you willing to let go of your own way are you willing to let go of your own desires of your own plans um, so that he can use you you know are you willing to kind of sacrifice yourself in order for others um, and you know do you need God to give you wisdom uh, and direction about life decisions um, and so what I thought it'd be good to do is just kind of maybe in just twos and threes where you're sitting uh, is just to, to pray for each other and to encourage each other maybe sort of talk about if any of these things uh, are kind of a, a, a things that you'd like prayer for if there are kind of decisions you've got to make um, then you know let's encourage each other and support and pray for each other as we seek to kind of know what God's will is for us and seek to walk in that. 
Um, so just kind of in twos and threes, uh, just pray. And then if kind of anyone wants more prayer at the end, then say I'll be around and I'm sure like Tim and Simon and Pat will be uh, willing to pray for people.